Are you ready to live the life you were meant to live? Is it time to step up and strive to reach your fullest potential? Will you dare to take the bold steps to drive your business and your life to the next level? Then you're ready to live in abundance, passion, and joy. You are ready to be a maverick. Join Paul Fink, the Maverick Millionaire, and the Mavericks Do It Different podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Paul Fink, and this is Mavericks Do It Different podcast. Welcome to this episode. And this is where we think different, be different, do it different to create a different result, to create a different world, a different society, a different creation of everything. It starts with you and it starts right here, right now. And today I want to discuss something that, well, really makes a difference and some things that I want to educate you on that man, take this, take this into the world and create a whole new difference because we're talking about our decisions. Yes, that's right. The decisions that we make or the decisions that we make that we wish we might've made something different along the way. Why do we make inaccurate decisions, wrong decisions? Why do we make this decisions that do not serve us? This is the topic of today. Now, I want to unravel all of this for us because why do we make these decisions? We make decisions. We make a ton of decisions every single day. Turn left to turn right. Raise our hand up. Put our hand down. Whatever it is, when do we wake up? When do we go to bed? What do we get dressed in? What do we eat? We make all these decisions every second. And yet, with all that practice in making decisions, we don't always quite make the correct ones, the effective ones, the productive ones in our life. And why is that? It's because there are these things called cognitive bias. Cognitive biasness in our world that cause us to do a misstep, that our decisions are not made as much as we'd like to think they are. They're not made in a logical step-by-step -step process. They are made happenstance and oftentimes are made with deliberate, intentional, or unconscious biasness that go on every single day with how we approach the challenges that are in our life and our everyday thoughts. Some of the other thing that goes on is cognitive dissonance, which is another cre creation of even more bias. Cognitive dissonance is where you actually have two different conflicting belief systems. You believe in one thing and you believe in another thing, but those two beliefs cannot coexist. And so you end up with this strife and this anguish inside of you, causing you to weave back and forth between fulfilling or justifying the two beliefs and never quite making an effective decision at all. So let's attempt to break this up and figure out why is it that we make wrong decisions? Why is it that we make decisions that don't actually serve our best intention? So let's talk about that. And I'm going to talk about that through bringing you through a few different, a few different biasness, if you will, that, that we face every day that, that are commonplace. And I pick some of the most common. 
you're looking for even more details on these biases. And I've got a ebook that lays out at least 25 different biasness that we go through on a regular basis that really interfere with our thought process. Only right now, I'm only going to cover a couple of them. So number one is uh, confirmation bias. Now, what is confirmation bias? Confirmation bias is it's our tendency to search for and find the best information that serves our already confirmed belief system. And what do I mean by all that? I mean, we believe something, we decide that's what we believe. That's what we understand to be true. And then we look for confirmation of that belief. Wherever we look, we're going to find that that confirmation of that belief is absolute, that our belief really is true. So we, we believe something. We search on Google. We find things the way we search. We find things that will absolutely serve that point of view, that, that justify it, that, that support it. Whenever we see anything that doesn't support it, we ignore it. We push it aside. Oh, that's the garbage one. This is the one I'm looking for. Oh, that one isn't, isn't right. That one isn't justified. Eh, but the one that serves us, the one that confirms our thoughts, confirms our belief, that's the right one. <clears throat> Where does this come up? And one of the things that I find that not enough people talk about is that it comes up all the time in relationships, our confirmation bias, especially in, and I'm going to use an old-fashioned term, courtship. That's right. When you're first dating someone and you're looking to wow them and schmooze them and they're looking to do the same with you because you're in this courtship because you want a lasting relationship. You want something solid out of the time that you're investing. And so you'll invest all this time and then find all the greatest things about the other person. If asked, what do you think of the other person? You will list a whole list of the best qualities of that person, about all the great things that they do, about all the wonderful things that they that they do, about all the parts of their personality that is some of the best of the best. And you'll express all that. Well, that is confirming and all the information that you're picking out are things that you've observed that says, ah, I like this person. Now that's why I like them. Look at all the things that they're doing. That's great. Oh, I want to like this person even more. So I'll look for the things that support that hypothesis, if you will. That's courtship. And we end up being pulled together because we find all the greatness about the other person and the relationship builds. We call that even the honeymoon phase. This is the confirmation bias kicking in. Now, there are times when it goes the other way where People are, are absolutely critical of everybody that they meet and they will confirm that, nope, that person's not right for me. Nope, that person's not right for me. There's nobody right for me in the whole world. And they'll confirm that person after person after person, looking for the things that make sure that that person's not right for them. Where it also shows up is, of course, in divorces. When two people are getting divorced, ask them, what is it that you loved about your now looking to be ex-spouse? 
What was it that you loved about them when you first got together? They, they will anguish over attempting to answer that question. How ridiculous. Because there'll be a confirmation bias, which makes it easy for them to find the things that they're looking for and hard for them to accept the things that they're not looking for. This happens in politics. No matter what side of the, of the fence that you lie on, attempt to hear the rhetoric from the other side and you'll at hand uh, totally ignore it or reject it without any logical backup as to why you reject it. This is really key. It comes up when social movements, political correctness, all of this becomes a example of what confirmation bias is. We will find what we're looking for at all times. Imagine making a logical decision based on simply deciding something long before you have the facts and then just looking for the information that supports what you already believe. That's confirmation bias. And so you can see how that could sidestep you into making effective decisions, whether in business or in life. How about this next one, anchoring bias. An anchoring bias is, is where we focus in on an anchor. Most of the time, that is information that is first brought to us. It's called the primacy bias. The first information in is the information that we find most valuable. And as such, that first information in becomes an anchor that we judge all other information by. This happens oftentimes when we're going to buy a car, for instance, or buy anything. That first price tag that we see is the anchor as to telling us how much a particular product is worth. And so what the value is of that product. And then all other negotiations, all other conversation is based on that being the set price, that being the anchor price, if you will. So it becomes an anchoring bias. It's not about the true value of the product. It's whatever number we first hear, which becomes really valuable. That's why when we're listing real estate, we have a listing price that becomes an anchor for all other negotiations. When we have, when we go to shop for a car, they put the price tag, the, the highest retail price on the car because they know there's an anchoring bias and you'll anchor all your negotiations based on that price. Really important. So you can imagine all the biasness that happens when you're going to shop for a car or going to shop for anything. You get biased by that anchor, the first information in, the primacy bias. How about this overconfidence bias? This becomes pretty, pretty obvious that you're so confident about your beliefs and your judgments and your actions that you'll overestimate your abilities. You'll overestimate your knowledge. You'll overestimate your your success rate, if you will. All these things become a bias as you overestimate the information that's coming in. You overestimate how you're going to overcome any challenges. <clears throat> and so it becomes something that causes you to misjudge how to act as you go forward. <laughs> the Titanic is one of the most infamous of the overconfidence bias. They were so confident of the technology that they ignored the obvious examples of what could happen. They ignored the possibilities and just went full steam ahead, no pun intended. 
overestimating your ability to multitask, for instance. People do this all the time. Overestimate your speed with which you get things done. Again, happens all the time, which is why people are late. Late for deadlines, late for appointments. They overestimate their own abilities, underestimating the challenges that come up and their ability to overcome them is overestimated. So that overconfidence bias causes them to make poor decisions in how they're going to operate on a day-to-day basis, thus getting in the way of their effectiveness. Overconfidence bias. Availability heuristics. Availability heuristics is whatever information is available, that's going to get the most weight. And so usually that's called the recency bias, which means the most recent information that I can recall easily is the information I'm going to give the most weight. And this comes up uh, in 9-11. We saw a tremendous tragedy. And it's a tragedy that involved airplanes. Only it could have involved a whole lot of other mechanisms of travel. Only it involved an airplane. And because of that, following 9-11, people avoided flying in airplanes. Well, the stats would tell us that we're, it's riskier to drive in a car than it would be to fly in an airplane. However, they avoided flying in an airplane. This is the availability heuristic biasness in that the newest information, the newest experience carried the most weight. And because of that, they made a decision that, well, you can judge whether it was a good decision or bad, but it's definitely a biased decision, not based on the facts, based on emotions and based on a recency of information. This happens on a regular basis as well. Watch for that. This one's one of my favorite. This is the sunk cost fallacy. Sunk cost fallacy. Happens all the time. It's a phenomenon where people will continue behavior, continue to invest time, energy, and money in an arena where they've already invested time, energy, and money. They will continue going down that process because they've already gone down that process. Once in motion, they stay in motion. I often call this Newton's first law because an object in motion will stay in motion. That's how people act. Why is this a fallacy? This is where it shows up a a ton is when, uh, here's an example. Oh man, I'm going to continue watching this movie. This movie sucks. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen, but I've already invested half an hour, 45 minutes. I'm going to see it to the end. I'm reading a book. I'm going to continue reading this book until I finish it because, well, the book, I've already invested this much time and energy into it. Let me see it through, even though I know it's not going to get any better at this point. We see this all the time. Here's where it's really tragic is that we see it in relationships. Man, I've already invested a year in this relationship. I'm going to stick it out. I, and here's their, their thought. There's something going on inside of them that they've got a belief system that I've already spent this time and I cannot justify having spent the last year, two years, three years, five years, 10 years with this person and have it go bust. So I've got to spend even more time with this person because I don't want to justify that I wasted the last one, two, three, five years. 
Does that make sense? Here's the challenge. Don't we want to cut our losses? Doesn't that make more logical sense? Like I'm not going to invest another five, 10 years in a relationship that I've already invested in where they've already proven to me that it doesn't work. They've already proven to me that it's not effective. That's really key. That's where your sunk cost fallacy comes into play and one of the most devastating components of it. We will continue to invest time and energy in deals that we know have already gone rotten. Opportunities, businesses, relationships that we know that have already gone bad because of the time and energy and money that we've already spent on it. I see this I've consulted with and, and coached people that were in stock investing. And this comes up all the time. They'll chase a stock all the way down the rabbit hole because God forbid they cut a loss and lose the money they've already spent. Relationships I talked about, businesses, same thing. Be aware, sunk cost fallacy comes up in our decision-making process all the time. Well, I've spent so much money and time into this. I'd better stay the course. No, no, no. It's already been a waste of time. Why would you bother? Be aware. Sunk cost fallacy shows up more often than you think. So how do you overcome these fallacies? How do you overcome what, what's going on in our brain? And these are all unconscious thought processes. It's our, it's our own brain working against us. A couple things. One is just having this conversation, just listening to what I'm talking about and recognizing that you're having these bias in your decision-making on a regular basis. And so the awareness will kick in and say, ah, pause, let me pay attention. Second is challenge your thoughts. Don't go with the status quo. Don't go with the way you've always done things. Question everything. Question your thoughts, question your process, question your tendency to move forward or move away. Question everything. So first, awareness of that the biases are around. Second is question your thought process. Question why you believe what you believe. Why, you're why are you thinking what you're thinking? Why are you making that decision? And then embrace the new mindset embrace the new belief systems that get created from this challenge, this new thought process, if you will. We call it the maverick way, the maverick mindset, questioning everything and challenging our own belief systems on a regular basis creates a whole new level of energy, of engagement and of clear, crystal clear thinking. With all this, understand we make missteps all the time. We have biasness going on in our thought process on a regular basis. I hope this, this whole podcast opens up your thought process, opens up your mind to the possibilities that maybe our brain isn't always working for us, that sometimes it's working against us and how possibly we could get in there and rewire what's going on to create a more effective, positive decision-making process in this case and a more effective and positive life for not just yourself, but for everybody. This is Mavericks Do It Different podcast. Please, please, please like us, follow us, share us with the world. We, we're getting known throughout the country and throughout the world. So continue to share this podcast with everybody that you know. 
so that we continue to change the world one person at a time. To all of you out there, this is Paul Fink, the Maverick Millionaire. Till next time. Thanks for being here today. As we close out this episode, which inspired you to be even more of a Maverick, be sure to leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend. As our gift to you, be sure to go to themaverickuniverse.com where you can download your free copy of the Maverick Manifesto. Until next time, dare to be different. Dare to be a Maverick.